Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. The pain that the FTX collapse has caused to the cryptocurrency markets is only just the beginning. FTX, FTX US, and its venture capital arm Alameda Research had exposure to a number of cryptos. In today's call, we're going to talk about why the situation with the FTX collapse is intensifying and what you can do to protect yourself as a cryptocurrency investor. Those who do not do what I'm going to urge you to do in this call are very likely to lose more money in cryptocurrency. This is probably one of the most important calls we have ever done here at Market Meditations, so please stick around until the end to protect your crypto. Before we deep dive into the current state of the FTX situation and what you as a crypto investor need to do to protect your assets, let's take a look at the BTC ETH and altcoin market charts. This will always be our best clue of the overall health of the cryptocurrency markets. Today, like yesterday, BTC is trading just below the 17k level, more or less flat on the 24 hour. Ethereum, on the other hand, is trading closer and closer to that 1.2k level and about down 3% on the 24 hour. Over in the altcoin markets, we see that Chili's is up almost 14% on the 24 hour. What gives? Well, Chili's, of course, is a sports associated token, and the Qatar World Cup is in a number of days. Likely, a lot of investors are positioning themselves for some sort of bid pressure from the football fans that drives up the Chili's token. And the biggest loser continues to be Trust Wallet Token, probably because it pumped so much when CZ first shouted it out a few days ago. And Cronus, Crow, Crypto.com's native token is also creeping into the list of the biggest losers amid concerns that Crypto.com was really very associated with FTX and might follow in its footsteps. So that's what the charts are telling us. In yesterday's update, I pointed out that BTC is flat on the 24 hour because inflation is cooling off. We then got a very interesting question on our Discord community. The CPI was over 7%, which is extremely high. Reduced, yes, but still out of control. Is that not the case? Please correct me if I'm wrong, the target rate is around 2%. I personally don't think there's a pivot coming very soon. Excellent question from our Discord community. Whilst the inflation rate is still way above its target 2%, what is important to note about interest rate changes is that a policy made today might only fully show its impact in six months or a few months or even longer. So when the Fed sees signs that inflation is cooling down like it is now, it does start scaling back its interest rate hikes. In fact, that is why at the moment, Currently priced into the market is an 85% likelihood of a less aggressive interest rate hike of 50 basis points at the next FOMC meeting, which is in 28 days. The past few meetings, the hike has been a more aggressive 75 basis points. And remember, for risk assets like crypto, we want to see smaller interest rate hikes. So if there is indeed a 50 basis point hike, this will lead to some relief in the markets. And this is probably why BTC isn't down even more than it currently is, despite everything that's going on with FTX. So now we're up to speed in understanding the charts, let's move on to exactly what is happening with the FTX situation. A couple days ago, the FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried confused the markets with just opening a tweet, number one, what? In the last 24 hours, he's provided some more insights, saying, I'll get to what happened, but for now, let's talk about where we are today. To the best of my knowledge, as of post 11.7, with the potential for errors, Alameda had more assets than liabilities. 
Alameda had margin position on FTX, FTX US had enough to repay all customers. Not everyone necessarily agrees with this. So presumably what he's trying to say here is that FTX and its associated companies were in good shape not too long ago. My goal, my one goal is to do right by customers. I'm contributing what I can to do so. I'm meeting in person with regulators and working with the teams to do what we can for customers. And after that, investors, but first customers. So here he is referring to the fact that in the pecking order of getting back their capital, uh, investors are going to come after customers. So his priority is getting back funds to customers who either have their funds just stuck on the exchange or perhaps stuck on a withdrawal that is processing. My goal, he says, clean up focus on transparency and make customers whole. He goes on to say a few weeks ago, FTX was handling circa $10 billion a day of volume and billions of transfers, but there was too much leverage, more than I realized, a run on the bank and the market crash exhausted liquidity. So what can I try to do? Raise liquidity, make customers whole and restart. So he's saying the problem wasn't necessarily a solvency or situation of FTX. It was the fact that there was a bank run, which of course is when customers rush to withdraw all their deposits at once in the event of risk. Maybe I'll fail, he says. Maybe I won't get anything more for customers than what's already there. I've certainly failed before. You know that all too well. But all I can do is try. I've failed enough for the month and part of me thinks I might get somewhere. I know you've all seen this, but here's where things stand today, roughly speaking. Negative 8 billion liquid, semi 5.5 billion, illiquid 3.5 billion. And he ends it with truth and beauty. Considering the impact the collapse of FTX has had on the cryptocurrency markets, Sam's tweets do seem a little overly lighthearted. In fact, in a recent interview, the Citadel CEO seems to put it better. The Citadel CEO said that investors might lose billions of dollars and might also lose trust in the crypto market. In addition to this, the Citadel CEO also urged the crypto regulators to work together to oversee the cryptocurrency markets, making some interesting links, saying that perhaps FTX wasn't regulated because at the same time there are a lot of political contributions being made. Griffin also spotted a mysterious $7 million investment shown on the FTX balance sheet under the name Trump Lose. He added that FTX CEO Sam Bankman-Fried was the second largest donor to Democratic candidates, saying that FTX entered into territory that all of us are concerned about. And indeed, it does seem that regulation is moving a bit faster in the cryptocurrency markets. In a leaked draft of a bill targeting money laundering, it was revealed that the European Union or the EU may be considering a ban on privacy coins like Zcash and Monero. A draft obtained by Coindesk read credit institutions, financial institutions, and crypto asset service providers shall be prohibited from keeping anonymity enhancing coins. The so-called Czech proposal has come in response to growing demand amongst EU countries. If accepted, it would mean that crypto asset providers would be required to verify users' identities for even small transactions under 1,000 euros. Regulatory attention is often drawn from high publicity bad acts like what we are currently seeing storming across the industry with FTX and all of its associated fallout. Just one more headline or event we need to cover before we go into what you need to do to not lose more money in cryptocurrency. Probably by now you will have heard about BlockFi being in trouble. About eight days ago, we received the tweet that BlockFi is an independent business entity. We have a $400 million line of credit from FTX US, not FTX.com, and will remain an independent entity until at least July 2023. This is from the founder and COO of BlockFi.com. 
Unfortunately, it is more and more difficult to take these kind of tweets as any sign of confidence. Because it was not so long afterwards that BlockFi said they are shocked and dismayed by the news regarding FTX and Alameda, that they are not able to operate business as usual, their priority will be to protect clients, and then, until there is further clarity, they are limiting platform activity, including pausing client withdrawals. As allowed under their terms, they reminded us. They will share more specifics where possible. Must be said that compared to FTX, they've done a better job at keeping customers up to date, publishing another statement saying that the rumors that a majority of BlockFi assets are custodied at FTX are false. That said, we do have significant exposure to FTX and associated corporate entities that encompasses obligations owed to us by Alameda, assets held at FTX.com and undrawn amounts from our creditor line with FTX US. While we will continue to work on recovering all obligations owed to BlockFi, we expect that the recovery of the obligations owed to us by FTX will be delayed as FTX works through the bankruptcy process. And of course, more recently, we've had a Wall Street Journal report saying that BlockFi faces possible failure. The title of the article from the Wall Street Journal reads BlockFi prepares for potential bankruptcy as crypto contagion spreads. Of course, crypto contagion refers to the collapse of one large company leading to the collapse of others by virtue of the fact that many companies have exposure to market leaders. BlockFi, financially entangled with the now bankrupt FTX, is planning to lay off workers and exploring a bankruptcy filing itself, people familiar with the matter say. So FTX is in trouble, BlockFi could be filing for bankruptcy, and unfortunately this probably isn't the end of the story, there's probably more companies that are going to come out and say that their exposure to FTX was so much that they can no longer function. That is why it is so important to protect ourselves as crypto holders. We're about to go on to what you must do to protect your crypto and avoid more losses. So the FTX collapse marks the worst week in crypto history. However, it highlights a risk that crypto users have known about for too long. Exchange risk. Many of us grew too complacent, so today we're looking at how the market is looking to protect their assets against this risk. We can actually use the flow of stablecoins to understand exactly where the market is moving its cash assets. Starting on the 4th of November, we have seen the largest outflows of stablecoins from exchanges since May. This signifies that users are not comfortable letting their cash assets sit on exchanges. So where are these stablecoins going? Actually to self-custodial wallets. But before we continue, some definitions. A private key is a unique password that allows a user to verify transactions on a blockchain. A self-custodial wallet is a wallet where the user owns their own private key and therefore has sole control of their assets. If you're using a centralized entity such as an exchange, you deposit funds into a wallet where the exchange itself owns the private key. This means that the exchange has ultimate control of your asset. Whilst this represents a major risk, self-custody solutions are not risk-free either. A sort of narrative is emerging now where self-custody is a holy grail. It's certainly an option, an option that is becoming more popular in light of the risks of centralized exchanges. But at Market Meditations, we feel a responsibility to always give you honest news, which is why we're going to talk you through the risk of self-custodial wallets as well, instead of sort of saying to you that this is a magic pill, a magic potion that's going to solve all your problems. There is, of course, the risk of losing your private key. Lose your private key and you lose access to your assets. Store your seed phrases or private key backups 
in writing in two separate fireproof locations. There's also hacks. A hacker could steal your private keys, gaining access to your assets. So you want to use a hardware wallet such as Ledger, which stores your private keys on a separate device. And of course, you can weigh this against the risks of centralized exchanges, like, I don't know, hypothetically, the CEO of the company using all your assets to keep other companies afloat, just hypothetically. So let's say you move in the direction of the market, and this is the move people are making to avoid losing more money in crypto. They are moving to self-custodial wallets. So you've moved your funds to a self-custodial wallet, but what if you still want to buy and sell assets? For this, we have DeFi, which can interact with your self-custodial wallet in order to carry out market activities. So there are a couple of the largest decentralized exchanges that allow exactly this. For example, Uniswap, Curve, Dodo, Balancer, SushiSwap, to name a few. Uniswap is the largest decentralized exchange, generating over $1 billion in the last 24 hours. Again, we can see that the market is moving in this direction to protect their crypto. Curve is the second largest, it specializes in low slippage swaps of stablecoins. In addition to the above, there are DEX aggregators, such as 1inch, which find the best rates to swap your assets by looking across multiple exchanges. So we've gone through a lot, we've gone through the charts, we've gone through the headlines, we've looked at the current FTX situation, we've also then found ourselves talking about the BlockFi situation, we've looked at money moving towards self-custody, but now if all of that has been hard to follow, I'm going to give you three very actionable things you can do to protect your crypto. Okay, if you've understood the risks and you're prepared, you can move your assets to a self-custodial solution. FTX's collapse has stressed the risk of allowing others to control your assets. Use a self-custody wallet, such as Metamask for tokens on the Ethereum network, in order to retain control over your assets. It's not like when you deposit money into a bank, your money stays there. The bank also invests in assets, usually slightly lower risk, like bonds, to ensure that they can pay for various things, such as uh, dividends to shareholders or an interest payment on your deposit. But of course, there are regulations and laws in place to make sure that banks are able to pay you back your deposit. And even in the event of bankruptcy, a lot of banks are still insured to pay you back some money. Centralized exchanges are not regulated as closely. It's less clear cut what is going on with your money. And in the event of insolvency or bankruptcy, there is not much protection for customers as we found out all too painfully. So certainly self-custody is a viable option to explore. Next up, use a hardware wallet to protect your private keys. No matter how careful we are with our computer, there is always a chance we can get hacked. Use a hardware wallet such as a ledger to protect your assets in the case your computer is compromised. And number three, use the most well-known decentralized exchanges. Holding assets off exchanges does not mean you can't interact with the crypto markets. Test the largest decentralized exchanges such as Uniswap and Curve so that you can continue participating in a secure manner. We'll be doing a lot more specific guides on things like self-custody and wallets and setting them up and learning more about them. So if you want to continue your crypto journey despite everything that is going on, if you are committed now more than ever to building wealth through the crypto markets and you want a reliable companion along the way, I will be here every single day producing this kind of content for you. Please know that is how Sam is going to say goodbye when the jail door closes.